Oh, you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. Yeah. I let Coach Sumlin, yeah. I let the stoop. The entire first half, we got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money, and all we wanted to do was have pouty expressions on our face. Hello, and welcome to the Around the 12 podcast. My name is Tanner Price, and I am here with my co host, Greg Hockert. Greg, I survived Vegas. Did you survive week one of college football? I did. I did survive week one. Um, not everyone did, but uh, Tanner, we did, and and you know you pulled off a you pulled off a weekend in Vegas. So uh, not many, you know, not many people can say that they went to Vegas and survived. So I'm I'm proud of you. You did not make. I will call you out. You did not make our um, fantasy meeting. Uh, not that that was the most important thing. Um, to 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 make necessarily but uh we were wondering where you were we we, we there were doubts i'll just say that yeah yeah that meeting was at 7 30 in the morning uh vegas time and it was a late night the night before um it was a good time that's all i'll say i'll leave it at that there were no best place at that that night though because i was down bad uh <laughs> And, thank you tcu yeah thanks for that tcu um and just well i guess we'll just start off with this um i am owing two on my locks of the week so maybe don't <laughs> listen to my betting advice um, i wasn't gonna say it i'm glad you brought it up um i'm gonna not get too too high because that's when they get you so i'm gonna try to stay as even even keel as possible, um, but I, I I am two and zero, so I'll, I'll let that be my hum, humble brag. And both of my games have been uh, blowouts in the wrong direction, <laughs> so this is not. I'm not starting off well. Um, look, look, let's 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 keep you let's keep you in the Big Twelve for your lock this week. That's think, that's not a that's not a bad idea. I think I think we can do that. Well, our records in the Big 12 are decent. Greg and I had the same picks last week, so we both went 10 and 4. That's a pretty good way to start off the season. Um, it's, the, well, it's the same record as the Big 12. Yeah, exact same record as the Big 12 because we went all Big 12, except for one game, I think. Um, uh, that would have – what was that? The Penn State-West Virginia game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so 10 and 4 to start off the season, not too, not too bad. Um, but yeah, Greg, you want to, you want to take us through the, uh, the week one recap? Yeah. So let's, let's dive in. Um, we'll skim through a couple of these games. Obviously some are more interesting and close than others. Um, so we'll go in chronological order. So on Thursday, uh, UCF blew out Kent state 56 to six, uh, Tanner, what a way for UCF to make their big 12 debut. Yeah. Yeah. That. That is an impressive score. I will just leave it at that. There's not much else to say about that. Um, it's a good feel-good game, but they are gonna they're gonna have a tough test this upcoming week. So I'm excited to see the uh, this next or how they play in week two. We will definitely be talking more about UCF here in a few minutes. That's for sure because they have a much more interesting game in week two. Uh, next, we have Kansas uh, beating Missouri State, forty-eight to seventeen. Tanner, really, the only thing I had to note on this game. I was it came out um, that Jalen Daniel came out. Well, it could have been out before I saw it after we recorded before the game on Friday, that Jalen Daniels would not be playing. So Jason Bean suited up and started at quarterback, um, which he actually played and started what four or five games last year. Um, he was, he's, he was more than a, um, he was a pretty good backup to say the least. And yeah. He's just had no issues. He's a junior year. He played almost the entire season as a true freshman and played a couple games last year. I'm, I'm honestly surprised that he uh, hasn't transferred anywhere um, because he could probably start at a few universities across the country. So um, good for him to get, to get the start and play well through for 275 and two touchdowns. That's not a, not a, not a, not a bad day, um, but it is against Missouri state. So you have to take that with a grain of salt. I think he plays receiver when Jalen Daniels is in. Oh, that I'm makes per- sense. I'm pretty sure they slide him in at at, at slot. Um, every that makes now sense. And then when when Jalen Daniels is a quarterback, 
Also, just a just a side note. Um, last week, I told all the Kansas fans to pack the booth, and I don't know if anybody knows this, but if you go to uh, game results on ESPN, it tells you how uh, how well attended the game was, and the stadium was eighty seven percent full, so pretty solid for Kansas uh, on Labor Day weekend, playing Missouri State on a Friday night. So proud of you guys. Uh, I'm glad people made it out to to watch Kansas win. All right, Tanner. This was probably the most talked about game from the entire weekend across college football, Colorado and TCU. Um, Obviously, if you are paying any sort of attention to sports at all, you know that Colorado won and Coach Prime's debut 45-42 beating the uh, defending Defending runner-up national champs is that even a is that even a thing? I would uh, not what... call them that after after what we saw on Saturday. Um, I Greg, do you think it's that CU is way better than everybody thought they would be, or is it that TCU is worse than everybody thought they would be? It has to be both. Um, it has to be both. Colorado played much better than I thought. And then I think a lot of people thought, and, and people admitted that, I think, across the the national landscape. And, and Colorado has everyone's attention now. I think that's uh, the prime example of that is that ticket prices um, were already expensive for the Colorado-Nebraska game this week. The cheapest ticket has now doubled. It's gone from in the $200 range to over $400 for the cheapest ticket in the stadium. Uh, so people are paying attention Colorado fans are excited to have a football team again. But yeah, I think that going back to 2023 Big 12, I know we'll, we'll get Colorado next year, but going back to, to this conference, TCU, I I don't think that we I don't think that we talked enough about the and I mean Tanner, we did talk about it. I don't know if we spent enough time talking about the production loss from last year. I mean, you lose Max Duggan. Uh, was he a Heisman runner-up, number three? Yes. He was somewhere in that range. He was a finalist. You lose a first-round draft pick at wide receiver, and you lose another – your starting running back is is, is going to be in the NFL and too. And their backups as well, I believe. So they lost DeMarcado and uh, – gosh, what was his name? Well – they lost uh, the Hodges Tomlinson, the uh, corner, um, who was also uh, an, an NFL guy. So, I mean, they lost a lot of talent. And, again, they did really well in the transfer portal. Um, but they – I think the transfer portal is still a giant experiment. Um, obviously, on Saturday we saw that for Colorado, it, it, can, it can mean something really good. Uh, and that they were able to put it together and, and find a way to win, largely due to to two players. Although I'm not going to take anything away from the rest of the team, but uh, Shador, Shador Sanders put the team on his back. I mean, he threw for over 500 yards um, against the TCU defense that didn't look very good. Yeah, yeah, TCU's defense. Um, I did it. I actually just before we started recording, I did a full rewatch of the of the game, and TCU's front four or three, I guess I, I think they play a three, three, five defense, uh, their front three or four, however many they line up with on their D line is pretty solid. They held CU to like under a hundred rushing yards. Um, I, I believe it was under three yards of carry. So their, their front four front three is really stout, but their, their DBs got torched. Um, and that could be, uh, due to the athleticism of the CU wide receivers, um, but I would bet that TCU gives up a lot of points through the air uh, this upcoming year. I was really impressed with Colorado's play calling and uh, Shore Sanders' decision-making uh, because for almost the entire first half, it felt like he took maybe two or three deep shots uh, and, and everything They should have been was... caught, too. They should have been caught. The first one, I believe, was his only bad throw, and everything after that was pretty much right on the money. Um, but other than those few deep shots, they kept it very close to the line of scrimmage with a lot of short passes and hit the running backs in the flats for 
multiple yards. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but their running backs racked up a lot of receiving yards. They're running. So their top running back, I forget his name. Uh, he had five receptions for 130 yards. Yeah. And a lot of those, I think he took one to the house for like 70 something yards. That was, right? that was the game winning touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe less than 70 yards. I think, I think it was around 40 or 30, but uh, <laughs> the point remains. Um, yeah. I mean, and then in the second half, they they opened it up a little bit. He was throwing more in the medium 10 to 15 yard range, throwing it across the middle. Some. So he really honestly, I mean, play couldn't have, couldn't have played a better game. Um, and I think the only other thing that at least I have on this, Tanner, that I think we have to mention, Chandler Morris, I think overall, um, I would give him a passing grade. He's not the reason that TCU lost this game, but we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the two interceptions, um, not only in the red zone, but one of them in the end zone and the other one inside the 10-yard line. And he should have thrown another one, uh, Travis Hunter, the other the other standout uh, Colorado player uh, had one in one of those interceptions in the red zone, but he should have had another one uh, as TC was driving down to take, take the lead uh, when it was still uh, what would eventually be TCU going up 42 to 38. So um, Chandler Morris, I thought he, he made some good decisions with his legs when the pocket was collapsing, he was able to get out and run. Um, But some of his, throwing decisions were not not the best but yeah i i'd agree with you there i think i'd give him a passing grade um but tcu has to you know me greg for those listeners who have been with us since the beginning you know i'm a fan of disciplined teams and tcu they were not disciplined they had 10 penalties for 75 yards i think that they had uh 50 penalty yards in the first half so that if that says anything i think that didn't bode well for them throughout the rest of the game yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I honestly didn't even – I didn't realize that. And and this was one of the games that I got to watch all the way through this weekend, and, and that did not – that didn't stand out to me. So that's a good catch there from you. Um, I'm good I'm good to move on. Are you – do you have Let's anything else yep. on the CU game? Okay. Yep. So we can go by this one real quick. OU <laughs> 73, Arkansas State nothing. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Tanner. I, I do have I do have one quick thing on this. Drake Stoops was balling. Um, also, for our listeners, if you guys know, we're both Oklahoma State alumni and fans, um, and we don't like OU, but Drake Stoops was absolutely balling. Um, he did have a shoulder separation, so I don't know if that's going to keep him out uh, in the next couple of weeks. But um, yeah, that's just something to keep an eye on there. I've heard he's I've heard he's good. I don't actually know what the official diagnosis was um but yeah i think there's not a lot to say 73 to nothing i think the 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 most you know the biggest thing that came from this game at least in terms of uh what was circulating across social media was uh butch jones the coach for arkansas state was in tears on the sideline (laughs) i mean Uh, i would be i would be too if i just if i I just got that spanking dude that's i was gonna say I mean, you prepare all year for game one, well, for the whole season, but, you know, game one is what you have in mind, and and you lose 73 to nothing and you can't even get points on the board. That's tough. Um, okay, let, let's move on. Next game, we're going to talk about Iowa State uh, and Northern Iowa. Tanner, this is one that I thought you hit the nail on the head with the upset alert. I almost wanted to go back and change my pick just to be bold. Uh, and I'm glad I didn't because Iowa State took care of business. Uh, they won 30 to nine, and they did it largely with defense. Yeah, this this was um, impressive from Iowa State. I was really surprised. I didn't get to see this game, see much of this game. But Matt Campbell, um, to me, is like a is like a Mike Gundy Jr. Uh, he takes what he has, and he does he d- he does really well with uh, with what he's given, even if it's not as good as some other schools. Um, so props to Iowa state for that. And they got a really, really, really tough test coming up this week in number, I think number 25, Iowa, if I'm not mistaken. So the only note I have on this game, excuse me, is this is just going to probably be, it's going to be a problem going forward. We already knew Iowa state's offense was going to struggle this year. 
Um, they were the worst offense in the Big 12 last year. And then they lost their starting quarterback and running back and a couple other guys. Uh, they only had 250 total yards on Saturday, um, which is is pretty low um, uh, across the board. I think only BYU, um, BYU was at 257. We'll talk about them in a second, but um, not great. Uh, Iowa State, part of that 30 points came from a pick six. Uh, so like I said, the defense played outstanding. Uh, the offense will be a problem going forward. But if they can at least be an average offense, Iowa State is a six-one team. I'll say that. Yeah. I mean, if if they could put up 24 to 27 points a week um, from their offense, and then any additional from their defense would be would be great. So yeah, totally I totally agree. I don't totally I don't agree. disagree with you there. Um, but they are going to be riding the struggle bus big time. All right. What do we got next? Okay, we have Texas and Rice. Texas won 37 to 10. Uh, not as big of a blowout as I thought I was, it was going to be. I was going to say this This one was quite a bit closer than I thought. I thought that this was going to be very similar um, to the OU game or the Kansas State game. But um, so, yeah, this is just kind of something to keep an eye on moving forward, especially with Texas going to, going to Tuscaloosa this week to take on Big Bad Alabama. So the only um, thing I will say, and, and this is maybe something that uh, Steve Sarkeesian had in the back of his mind is, you know, you do have Alabama. Obviously this team is, is similar year over year. You know, you have obviously B. John Robinson is gone, but in terms of scheme, I don't think they had any coordinator changes or anything like that. Um, but you don't want to put much on film for Alabama. Uh, and so if I had to guess, they kept it pretty basic against Rice. Um, and that could be uh, why they only, only won by 27 uh, next game, we can spend like three seconds on this. Kansas State, 45. Southeastern Missouri, zero. Um, DJ Giddens, the running back for Kansas State, who I called out last week, Deuce Vaughn's replacement, averaged eight and a half yards of carry. So he looked really good. Really, really good. This is uh, – I know that they were playing Southeast Missouri. Uh, this was really reminiscent of the 49 to nothing beatdown they put on Oklahoma State last year. Um <laughs> so that it gave me a little uh night terrors but um good thing it's only southeast missouri and not any other big 12 school but Kansas state looks good so far that's that's all i'll say there next we have oklahoma state and central arkansas again very similar to the texas game this one was a lot closer than i at least thought it was going to be oklahoma state won 27 to 13 however it was very very it was a one score game going into the fourth quarter um and Tanner, kind of like we called out last week and honestly the last couple of weeks, you know, you and I both thought it was going to be Alan Bowman, the Texas Tech and Michigan transfer at quarterback. It was, well, it was, but it also wasn't. Um, they had three guys split reps evenly. They each got four series. Uh, Garrett Rangel, the uh, freshman, I guess redshirt freshman now, but he played in four games last year. Uh, Bowman, like I mentioned, and then Gunnar Gundy, son of head coach Mike Gundy. Tanner, what are your – give me your quick thoughts on Oklahoma State's quarterback carousel. Confusion. I'm just – I'm just confused. Um, a little – if you want me to be non-podcast, Tanner, I'm pissed off. Um, I'm really upset. Uh, I I don't understand. I get it. It's Central Arkansas, but it's Central Arkansas, and you should put the beat down on them. That – there's to me, there's no excuse. I get it. Uh, if you have a real quarterback battle, that's fine. But I highly, highly doubt that Gunnar Gundy is in the race for that. Now, sure, did he uh, lead what two scoring drives? Two scoring drives. He scored. Um, he, he led. He led the most. The most scoring drives out of all two three quarterbacks. But when you're when you're switching out quarterbacks and switching out players so much, uh, you're bound to be a little fresher than. Uh, Central Arkansas is um, so yeah I, I'm I'm annoyed um, but a win's a win so I thought they looked decent um, I think that you know I think Oklahoma State's offense will be a little better than Iowa State's but if Oklahoma State can get average to slightly above average out of their quarterback play I I, I still think they're in that eight eight win range uh, as a, as a team I thought the defense looked. Um, the defense showed promise. Again, they debuted a new 
a new system in what you were calling out earlier with TCU, how they run the three, three, five Oklahoma state switching to that this year. So they look good. They kept it very vanilla. And Mike Gundy talked about that. Uh, so we'll see, talk more about them here in a second because they visit Arizona state this weekend. Uh, Tanner, the one big 12 team we both picked to lose this past week did lose uh, in, in West Virginia. They lost 38 to 15 against Penn state and you know, all I said was I hope they don't get run out of the stadium. And even though the score suggests they might have, I, I really think that I really think that they 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 hung in there in the first half. <laughs> that's yeah, that's what I'll say. I was really I was pleasantly surprised um at the first half result. I'll agree with you there. Um, but this really just went about as expected. Um, 23 point loss. If they could have kept it under 20, I think, I think I would have called that a success or a more I mean, I, I mean this, the spread was 20, 21. So, I mean, basically hit it right on the head. And yeah, like you said, if they could have kept it under 20, um, they would have beaten expectations, so to speak. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, gosh, Tanner, I'm, I'm just going to call this out right now. 14 games is a lot of games. So so we can start really speeding through these. Um, although these we got a couple that that are are notable, but one that's not is Cincinnati beat Eastern Kentucky 66 to 13. Uh, I'll say the same thing I did for UCF, a great Big 12 debut, and I don't really have much more uh, to add on that. I, I I did not catch any of this game personally. It was not on the top of my watch list. Um, but 66 points is impressive. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. Yep. Good job, Cincinnati. That's all I got. Thank you for taking care of business. Unlike Baylor, who decided to lose their week one game to Texas State, 42 to 31. And I, okay, so I am, I am 2 and 0 on locks of the week. You know, Tanner, we had a pretty positive record last week picking games, although a few of them were gimmies. Um, but I did say at the end of the podcast last week, there is no way that Texas State would beat Baylor. I have a buddy that went to Texas State. My sister actually still goes to Texas State, um, and I just didn't think they had a chance. But I was wrong. Uh, Texas State was able to win. T.J. Finley, they, they could not stop T.J. Finley. Uh, Texas State's quarterback transferred from Auburn. Um, he, uh, I mean, just threw all over this Baylor defense, um, which didn't look good. And uh, Blake Shapin went down uh, in the second half and is expected to be out for a couple of weeks. So about as bad of a start for Baylor as you could imagine. Yeah. Especially with a tough game against Oregon coming up this week, it's going to be, it's going to be tough for them. Blake Shapin's out two to three weeks with an MCL injury. Don't know if it's a strain, a sprain, a tear, who knows, Um, but two to three weeks. So hopefully he will be back by the time conference play starts. Texas State, I mean, that's a, a, a that might be a better football team than we thought, but or than I thought at least. Uh, next, we're staying in Texas. Uh, Houston beat UTSA seventeen to fourteen. Tanner, this was my lock last week. I felt good about it. I thought there's no way Houston could lose in those sick uh, Oiler throwback uniforms, uh, and they didn't. They they played well, but I will say I was shocked at how low scoring this game was. It was what I thought would be a shootout and it, and it was not. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. I agree there. Um, I don't know if the low scoring game was necessarily due to the defense or uh, to the new rules in college football this year where the clock doesn't stop on a first down. Um, so there's just less possessions, um, but this was definitely a low scoring game other. And I mean, you also have to hand it out or give props to the Houston defense picking off uh, UTSA's quarterback three times. So that that when you win the turnover battle, that'll that'll do good things for you. So next and and second to last, we are almost through our recap. We have Wyoming, um, which Tanner this this was not a good look for the Big Twelve overall. Um, Wyoming 35, Texas Tech 33. Wyoming pulled it out in double overtime in Laramie. Um, this was one I said to keep an eye out on. I still thought and and think 
that Tech is the better football team and should have won the game. Uh, but again, and this is, I don't know if I called this out last week or not, but when you let a possibly lesser talented, maybe less athletic um, opponent stay in the game for as long as Tech did, uh, things like this happen. Tech was up 17 to zero at the end of the first quarter. And instead of keeping their pedal uh, or it's keeping their foot on the pedal, um, they let up and, and I mean, shoot, they, they paid for it. Yep. I, I don't know if anybody listened to the uh, preseason polls that we did, um, but I am not as fond of Texas tech as everybody else seems to be. And I don't want to be rude to Texas tech, but I, I don't think they're as good as everybody thinks they are. They, yeah, I will be watching closely to see how they bounce back against Oregon this week. That is going to be one that I definitely have my my eye on. Lastly, um, in what is possibly the most boring game of the of the Big Twelve slate, we have BYU beating Sam Houston State fourteen to nothing. Um, very similar to Iowa State, uh, BYU. Uh, 257 yards of offense. So not very impressive on offense at all, um, but their defense got the job done. Yes, they did. I know it was a low-scoring game, so offensively you might not be too happy, but you shut out any team in college football, and that's 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 a win in my book. Um, you shut out any team, and theoretically you should win, right? I don't know how you wouldn't. I had to think yep. about that for a second. They had three, <laughs> they, they had three interceptions. So, yeah, the, the defense played very well. And only three and a half yards per carry for the offense, 257 yards, like I said. So that's definitely something I'd keep an eye on as as we move forward. I I was a little higher on BYU in my preseason polls. I mean, I didn't have them, I didn't have them very high, but I believe I had them first or second out of the new additions. Um, and I, I don't know that that might be one that, that I got wrong. So anyway, Tanner, um, do you want to lead us through week two prep? Yes, this I is got probably, it. This is probably, this is a great weekend of college football. I know we were really excited for college football last weekend. Um, and, and it was, and it was great. It was fun, but we did not have that many, especially in the big 12, uh, marquee matchups. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're going to kind of rifle through these um, because we've already been going for about 30 minutes now. So, uh, Greg, we have Illinois at Kansas. Um, I expect Kansas to pull out a win at home. They're currently a three-point favorite, but I have Kansas, and they are going to show the Big Ten how to play football. Greg, what do you got? I also have Kansas. The uh, the word is Jalen Daniels will be available and will start at quarterback, and that makes me even more confident. There so you go. I will I will take Kansas Friday night game, by the way. Oh, yeah. I another, that. another Friday night at the booth. So pack the booth this week. Pack this the booth. I want 100% attendance. Um, and I will be checking in on you, Kansas. Um, next, we got number 12, Utah at Baylor. Um, Greg, I just want to give you props. Uh, your Utah versus Florida pick was very good. Um, I honestly had no idea that Cam Rising tore his ACL in the Rose Bowl last year, and that's why he was out. Um, but yeah, so he will not, I don't think he'll be available for this week at Baylor either, uh, but their backup quarterback played very well. Who do you have in this one, Greg? And they had two backups play. Uh, the first one threw an absolute dot on the first play of the game, um, which uh, that, that video circulated around uh, social media and sports center. Uh, but then their, um, their other, the other backup quarterback came in and really highly recruited younger guy ran all over. Uh, and through, but but mostly rants like he's got like an insane hundred yard dash time. Um, so honestly, I don't think it matters which three of them play a quarterback. Uh, they're going to give Baylor issues if uh, unless Baylor has a dramatic improvement week over week. Um, I have Utah at this point. I'd be tempted to take the points too. Would you say they're seven and a half points? So. Over? I didn't say, but yeah, their seven and a half point favorite Utah is uh, with, especially with Blake Shapin going down. I will definitely be taking Utah, and I would probably take the points. Um, they Utah looks very, very good. They looked poised. They looked poised for another 
deep run maybe to the Pac-12 championship game for the third year in a row. Okay, um, Greg, you got we got Troy at number 15, Kansas State. And when you're number 15 in the country, you also get a 15 and a half point spread. Um, I'm taking Kansas State on this one. I would maybe even take the points on that as well because that seems really, really generous in Troy's favor. So who do you got? Yeah, there? that – that line kind of shocks me. I, I thought I'd be more in the in the twenty something range, and so I, I'll have to look at that. I I have not, you know, I, I had a lot of time to do some week one prep and look at some of these some of these teams like Wyoming. I uh, have not had the time to look at look at someone like Troy, but I don't I don't think it matters. Kansas State's at home; um, they're a much better team than say Texas Tech is, and I'll take Kansas State. There we go. Then we have a. I don't, is, I don't know if it's a rivalry, but it's an in-state matchup between uh, Southern Utah and BYU. It is in Provo once again this week. Um, there's not really much to say about that. There's not a spread out for this one because Southern Utah is an FCS school. So uh, when a when a FBS school plays an FCS school, there are not spreads. But Greg, I'm sure you have Southern Utah here. Um, I'm taking BYU. <laughs> I, I do have BYU, but I, I should I should call out uh, Southern Utah played another Power Five opponent in Arizona State last week, and only lost by three. So um, again, Arizona State probably not your best Power Five opponent. Um, however, BYU might not be the cream of the crop either. So uh, might be another low scoring affair in uh, in Provo. Yep, and then we have I. Gosh, I said it before. I'm not let me let me just double check, but I believe we have number 25 Iowa at number two at not ranked Iowa State. <laughs> oh, excuse Definitely me. I would, not ranked. Iowa Iowa is not ranked anymore. Um, so it's just Iowa at Iowa State. Uh Iowa is currently a four-point favorite. Um, Greg, who do you have there? This is in Ames, by the way. We love we love a good game at Jack Trice. Oh, you know who else loves a good game of Jack Trice, apparently? Who? Former President Donald Trump <laughs> will be in attendance. That's the most random thing ever. Okay. Um, Sorry, I, was, I, I saw it on Twitter today. I figured it was of note for this game. Um, I am going to take, I guess, what you would call an upset because they are an underdog. I'm going to take Iowa State. I'm riding with the Big 12. Uh, this game would concern me more for Iowa State if uh, they were going to need to score points to keep up. However, Iowa is infamously known for um, being able to win games uh, by scoring as few points as possible, or at least from their offense. Um, so I think if they, if Iowa State could come out and play like you love, Tanner, disciplined football, uh, don't turn the ball over, uh, you know, don't, don't muff any – any, any any punts or, or whiff on any punts or anything like that. I, I mean, this is probably going – I think the over-under on this game is like 36-and-a-half. This is going to be a low-scoring game. Um, but I'm going to take Iowa State to edge it out at home. I, I think that home field advantage gets it done for them. Um, I will take Iowa State with the spread, but Iowa to win. Um. Because I think that this is going to be like a, it's going to be like a nine to ten game or something like that. Also, <laughs> I would take the under on the points because both of these teams cannot score. So, uh, take the under, and then I'm going to take Iowa to win. Um, next, we have SMU at number eighteen, Oklahoma. Um, OU is currently a fifteen and a half point favorite, but I believe they started out uh, today. Uh, this is Tuesday, September 5th, and they started out as a 16.5-point favorite. OU did, and now they are down to a 15.5-point favorite. Um, as most people know, the money runs deep at SMU, so it doesn't surprise me that uh, the line is moving in SMU's favor. I'm going with Oklahoma on this one. I'm not sure about uh, the points. I'm sure you could take OU on the points, but definitely OU to win. Greg, who you got? I have I have OU as well. Um, okay, I, I'm I'm surprised that the line is dropping. Uh, like you said, I mean SMU money, I guess, unless unless someone out there knows something that we don't. Exactly, exactly. 
Then uh, next we got Duquesne at West Virginia. If if you West are Virginia. looking, did I say West Virginia? What, what, who did I say? I know, I know. I'm already predicting it. West Virginia. Oh, okay. Uh, I was going to say if you're looking at West Virginia's schedule and you see a team that says Duquesne, that's actually Duquesne. Uh, that took me a while to learn that. Uh, I I managed to learn that through March Madness. But yes, I also have West Virginia. Uh, Greg, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Uh, Pitt is currently a seven and a half point favorite at home. Well, it's not really home. It's where the Steelers play. It's Heinz Field. Um, but who you got there? I'm going to pick against the Big 12 here. I, I want to pick Cincinnati. I really do. But I need them. I need them to prove it to me first. Um, I will. I will take Pitt, but I'd be tempted to take Cincinnati on the points. I think it'll be close. I am going to go with Cincinnati. Let's go Bearcats. Uh, yeah, I'm our I'm first different pick of the year. Oh wait, no, we Iowa, no. Iowa State. Okay, uh, we got yeah, a couple got, different then. I got the Bearcats here. Um, then we have this is going to be a huge game. I'm very excited for this game. Number eleven Texas at number three Alabama. Uh, Alabama is currently a seven point favorite at home. Uh, who you got there, Greg? Tanner, I have been going back and forth with this for a couple of days now, honestly, even into last week. Um, I'm going to take Bama. Dude, come on. I'm going to take Bama. Look, I know I picked Texas to win the Big 12. You know what has nothing to do with winning the Big 12? A week or two out-of-conference matchup. They are going to have to face some adversity this year if they want to win the big 12 i am going to take alabama um i'm annoyed I just, with you look you can be annoyed with me all you want to but i, I I'm, I'm picking who i think is going to win and and bama is look everyone's talking about georgia i feel like nick saban for the first time since like 2007 or 2008 is over there in Tuscaloosa, cooking something up with not as many eyes as there normally are. Um, you know, new starting quarterback, now that Bryce Young is in the NFL. Uh, you know, there, there, there's a lot of new happening down there. But I think that Alabama gets it done at home. And, again, I'm, they've, got I'm just, they've got the best coach in college football. I'm just annoyed with you because last week you told me – well, I told you first that I was taking Bama, and you told me you were taking Texas, and I was really excited about this because, one, I took Texas under season win totals at 9.5. So this game is playing into my favor, and then I'm annoyed because you said you were going to take Texas, but I'm glad that we agree. I'm just still annoyed at you because I wanted to be different and I wanted to <laughs> win because last year you won uh, predicting games. So I just wanted to be different there. Um, then, so – we both got Alabama there. I'm not sure about the points. I think it'll be a good game. Um, next, we have number 13, Oregon at Texas Tech. Um, this is going to be interesting. I'm really interested to see how Tech responds after the bad loss in, in Laramie to Wyoming. Um, Oregon's currently six and a half point favorites on the road. Greg, who you got? This atmosphere is going to be insane. Um, like, is it? Lu- Lubbock is going to be nuts. Everybody says, oh, night games at Lubbock. It's crazy. We throw tortillas on the field. Dude, Lubbock is not scary at night. They have a losing record in night games since Michael Crabtree. This is, this is Oregon. Okay. All okay. okay. But Oregon, who's, where, where, where does Oregon play? At Stanford? They have like three fans. At Cal, at Utah, at, at okay, at that, CU, at USC. See, okay, give me a break with CU. It didn't matter how many they could have had two hundred thousand fans. The last fifteen years, they were getting beat by thirty by Oregon. I am going just because you spited Texas Tech. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with the, red, the with the Red Raiders. I'm I'm gonna be rooting for Tech. This would be a huge win for the Big Twelve. And you know what? I think that last week was a look ahead game. I think they were looking ahead to Oregon, and I think they had this one. They've had this circle on their calendar for a long time, and they've got embarrassed by Wyoming. They're going to get revenge on Oregon. Bo Nix has not seen – actually, he's been in college football a long time. He probably has <laughs> seen an atmosphere like Lubbock. But you this know what? His, this is uh, Bo Nix's fifth year. But you know what Bo Nix does every year? 
he what chokes at least one game. <laughs> well, <laughs> I I don't game. think I don't think a night game in Lubbock is going to scare him too bad. Um, I have Oregon here. Um, not sure about the points. I think it could be a close game, but I got I definitely have Oregon. Um, Texas Tech is not the darlings of the Big of the Big Twelve this year. That's that's all I'll say. Um, this next game might actually be the most interesting game of the weekend, not because it's two big names. Um, because it's two really good football teams, I think. We have UCF at Boise State. Um, now, keep in mind, I said really good, not great or amazing. Um, really good teams. We have UCF at Boise State. Um, UCF is three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Greg, who you got? I'm going to take UCF. Um, I was really tempted to, to, to go with the slight upset and take Boise State, especially on the blue turf, but the blue turf has just not been the same. Um his last few years and, and, and they got embarrassed by Washington last week. I thought it might be a close game. Um, now Washington uh, could just be really good. Uh, they could be really good. And Boise state could bounce back, but I'll take UCF. I'm going to go with, I'm actually going to be a contrarian here. We are, we are, we are not on the same page tonight, which I'm actually really okay with because I think it adds a little something to the podcast. I'm going Boise State here. Um, this is going to be a uh, fallback game for UCF after beating the snot out of Kent State. Uh, they're going to let their foot off the pedal. And like Greg said, uh, for Boise State, this is going to be a really good bounce back week for them. Um, playing at home, uh, they got the snot kicked out of them at Washington last week. So I, I have Boise State here. Um, Greg, we have Houston at Rice. Um, Houston is currently a 10 point favorite on the road, but is it really a road game? They're both in the same city. Oh, they're taking a bus, so I, I guess technically it is a road game, but yeah, I'll take Houston. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll take Houston with a little asterisk that says watch out. Um, I mean, it, it could be a potential trap game for them. This oh. is, uh, it, it, I mean, again, JT Daniels. His college career has not panned out the way anyone really thought it would, but um, the talent, you know, was there at some point. It could show at any time. Uh, Rice gave Texas a closer game than, than a lot of people thought. You never know. But I'll take Houston. Yep, I, I agree with you there. I have Houston on this one. Um, next, we have Nickel State at TCU. Um, I, th- I definitely have TCU. Uh, I think it's going to be a great bounce back week for them. Uh, they Nickel State is definitely not a tough opponent. Um, and I am just going to say I feel bad for Nichols. That's all. I think it'll be good for TCU to finally not have a bunch of eyes on them. Um, they, they, they need to bounce back and, and they need to regroup. But yes, yep. obviously I'll take TCU. Okay. And then this is going to be a, a late kick for those in the central time zone and in the eastern time zone. We have Oklahoma State at Arizona State. I think it kicks off at 930 central time. Um but Oklahoma State is a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. I have Oklahoma State here. Um, it it could it could be an upset. I don't know. But, Greg, who do you have? I was very tempted to make this my lock of the week. I'm pretty confident Oklahoma State takes care of business. Arizona State is one of the worst Power 5 teams um, in the country. Um, not the worst, but but they're up there. I should say they're down there. Um, with, with, with the worst of them. The only reason why I, I wouldn't be as confident is uh, is his first name, Jalen, uh, the quarterback, Rashada. Jalen Rashada, oh, from yeah. Arizona State. Uh, five-star recruit. He was the uh, infamous player that, that was rumored to be getting paid $13 million to go to Florida on an NIL deal, and that fell through, and then he ended up at Arizona State. So he flashed some talent last week um, through a couple of really, really nice passes. But again, they won by three against Southern Utah. Now, Oklahoma State didn't kill their FCS opponent, but they looked a little bit better than, than Arizona State did. Um, as far as I know, the plan is uh, still for Oklahoma State to roll out with three quarterbacks. So It'll be I interesting. think that that will be – I think that will work against them. I'll just say that. I think that works against them, and that's why I'm not making it my lock of the week, but I'll take Oklahoma State. Heck, yeah. Um I will be there. So if things don't go well, Mike Gundy will be hearing from me directly from the stands because I will be 
upset with him and he he i'm sure sure. i'm sure i'm sure you can walk down close enough to where you can yell at him how many fans do you think they're really going to (laughs) be i do know that arizona state's stadium is pretty it's pretty nice um if nobody's ever seen it before it's nestled right up uh against i wouldn't call it a mountain tall hill um but it's pretty cool it's pretty sweet pretty sweet setup um okay greg we started this um Segment last week, we are going to put some teams on upset alert. Uh, why don't you go first and tell us who you have on upset alert this week? Well, I guess I pretty much already said it. Um, and and again, I'm not picking against them, but I'll put Houston on upset alert. Uh, going down the road to play uh, in-city um, opponent, rival, Rice. Uh, not really a game that jumps out on your schedule, but one that I think you need to pay attention to. Um, and Rice is talented enough to beat them. So I will call that out. Um, Tanner, what who who are you putting on upset alert? I have I have Oklahoma State. Um now do I think that they will actually lose? No, but there's a potential that this three quarterback system that Greg was talking about earlier bites them in the butt there there is a potential that that happens and that could put oklahoma state at a deficit in their game against arizona state one of the worst power five teams in the country so i will be interested to see how the game goes like i said before i will be there um i'm still picking osu to win but there's there's a slight chance that uh arizona state pulls off a little a little bit of an upset and then right, my, my favorite segment, the favorite segment of the week. We got the locks of the week. I am 0-2. Greg is 2-0. Why, why doesn't the man, the myth, the legend, the greatest lock of the week picker there ever was go for it? Tanner, when when I get too confident in things, it tends not to go well. <laughs> but I, I just I just be... I just hyped you up and you just said, don't hype me up. Look, I'm trying. I'm trying to stay humble. I'm trying to not get too big of a head. And when it comes to making these lock picks, Tanner, when you think it's a sure thing, it, it, it isn't a sure thing. Um, however, I have never been more excited to make make a pick. I think on the lock of the week segment, Kansas minus three at home against an Illinois team that had to have a game winning drive in week one to beat Toledo. Again, I don't want to disrespect the MAC conference, the MACTION, um, but but Illinois does not impress me. The Big Ten, outside of three teams, does not impress me. That's why I, I like Iowa State this week as well. I, I, I don't think that the middle to bottom of the Big Ten is that good, and Kansas is going to pack the booth, Tanner. You're going to get your wish. Um, it's – I. Just for fun, I looked at ticket prices. Again, they're nothing like the CU Nebraska game, but they are they're they're high for for a game a football game in Lawrence. Uh, so I, I think it'll be sold out. They're debuting. I don't know how I feel about these, but you know they're debuting all black uniforms with a little bit of a weird Jayhawk logo on the helmet. I don't it's know. A, how I it's feel a about th- that. it's a throwback logo. He, the Jayhawk just looks confused. I, I, I don't I don't really. Like I like them. I like the unis. I like the jersey. I don't like the helmet. Anyway, not the point. I picked four jerseys last year in Houston, or last last year, last week, and and that's what I'm doing again. I, okay. I got I got to back Kansas, and I'll, I'll take them minus three. All right. Well, where's um? Yep. Okay. I have Oregon at minus six and a half on the road at Texas Tech. I know this is a little bit of a hot take. I saw great. For those of you who, I've, well, basically all of our listeners, Greg just made a face at me that he was very surprised. Um, but yeah, I got Oregon on the road. I I have been pounding this drum since the uh, media preseason poll came out. And they had Texas Tech picked fourth in the Big 12. This is, this is not it. It's not their year. Um, they can have another year, but this this is not it. I have Oregon. Um, I think that they're going to start off 0-2, and they're going to lose to Oregon by more than six and a half points. There you go. 
Texas Tech starting off 0-2 in what has been the most hype they've gotten in the preseason since probably the Michael Crabtree Graham Harold days would be, depending on who you are, depressing, hilarious, ironic. Um, they've gotten a lot of hype, and if they started off 0-2, uh, that would be highly, highly unfortunate. But again, I'll just remind people, I don't want to overreact to, to, to week one or, or even week one and week two, um, that week one and week two do not determine, at least in the Big 12, the conference championship race. Only the conference games do. Um, however, only one team in the history of the college football playoff has made the playoff after losing a week one game. So you can pretty much rule out TCU, Tech, Baylor, West Virginia, if there were ever questions about them making I, the playoffs. I, that was not a question for me. Well, you can rule them out anyway, Tanner, um, because it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah i i I knew it wasn't going to happen. I told you so. Um, it's check out my preseason poll. I didn't have them up there, um, but yeah, I once again I got Oregon there. Oregon looked like a very very quality team <laughs> uh, last week in their in their first game. So. Um, Greg, do you have anything else for the good listeners of the great of the greatest podcast known to man? We won't go as long next time. I apologize. This is out of the norm for us. Um, but with so many games, um, once conference conference schedule season rolls around, it will be quicker because the amount of games we'll have to preview and cover will be cut in half. Yep. So not only can we be uh, take up less of your time, but we can get a little bit more in depth with each game. Unless you like listening to us and hearing our voices, then then maybe maybe you could uh, sponsor the podcast and maybe we'll record a little something extra for you on the side there. Um, yeah, well, I, I like that. That was smooth. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if you've made it this far, thanks for listening to us. Uh, we really enjoy this podcast. But if you wouldn't mind sharing it with your friends, family, neighbor, uh, pilot flying your aircraft, whoever it is, um, share this podcast with them. I'm sure that they would love to listen to us talk as well, just as much as you do. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at around the underscore 12. Uh, Greg's been doing a great job running the Twitter. I have been lacking on the Instagram side of things. Um, it's just a little tough when I can't uh, use my phone at all at work, but we'll figure it out. I'll get back on the grind. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for spending almost an hour with us. We greatly appreciate it. Um, we hope you have a great rest of your week and enjoy watching week two of college football. All right. We thank you. We love you. Goodbye.